And welcome to Answers for Elders Radio, everyone. I am here with a first-time guest here to the program, um, a gentleman by the name of Britt Burkhart from Safeguard Financial Assets. Britt, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. Thank you. I am glad you're here. You were wonderful. Um, we had you in our Answers for Elders Academy on Monday, mm-hmm. and you spoke at the Edmonds Senior Center, and um, you just did an amazing job. We were really, really fortunate to have you as our speaker. So oh, well, thank, thank you, you again. Mm-hmm. We enjoyed it very much. So, Britt, tell us a little bit about what you do for um, families and seniors here in Greater Puget Sound. Well, um, I work with families uh, – using different insurance tools to help them accomplish their goals. But one of, the, one of my main things that I do is in, a, in 2011, I found out about a little-known benefit called aid and attendance on the pension side. Through for the, veterans. For right. veterans. Through the vet, is, that's, through, that's through the Veterans Administration. Yeah, through correct? the Department of Veterans Affairs. Mm-hmm. And so through that process, um, I learned how to help veterans qualify for this particular type of benefit mm-hmm. that's called aid and attendance. And probably about 90% of the veterans don't know about this benefit. And it's just amazing to me. Yeah. Because it is something they've earned, mm-hmm. um, absolutely. Yes. So tell me a little bit, what is aid and attendance benefits? They don't know about it, but what is it specifically? Well, the first, the it basically it's a benefit that uh, helps veterans pay for long-term care. So it's care that is ongoing. Um, it is not if you go into the hospital, come back out. It's not for that. Mm-hmm. And so the first part of the qualification is you have to be a veteran. So you have to serve one day wartime, 90 days active duty, and honorably discharged. But there's different levels of that. And so once you meet that criteria, then you have the cost of care qualification, income, and asset qualification. And if you meet these criterias, then basically what happens is you get a benefit. And the benefit, if you're a single veteran, is seventeen ninety four a month tax-free. And if you're the spouse... That's $1,794. Right. That's awesome. I, right. And if you're a widow, it's $1,153. And if you're a veteran with a spouse, it's $2,127 That's tax-free. incredible. Yeah. Now, if you're getting a veteran's benefit like that... Um, uh, it does it have to be applied towards long term care costs? The income goes stri- always goes into the veteran's account. Okay. Unless it's the widow of a veteran, then it would go into her account. Got it. And then the money can be used, but the money would be used to pay for that care. So you would need some sort of care to be able to qualify to yes. receive it. Is that correct? Yes. You have to okay. have a ongoing caregiver. Now the interesting thing about that is the caregiver can be a son or daughter, but it cannot be the spouse of a veteran. Got it, because okay. that makes sense. Yeah. Community property, right? Yeah. So the so it can be a son or daughter, and or it can be someone who's licensed. It can be in the home. It can be in assisted living, and it can also be adult family home or nursing home. Okay. So what if they're in an independent retirement living? Would they qualify? They can. It's more difficult. Right. But they can. It is possible. Okay. Okay. Uh, they have to have a caregiver come into the facility and meet the other, the other guidelines. 
Right. And then it is possible. And I believe you shared last Monday, which was really good, and we talk about the ADLs, Activities of Daily Living. Right. Um, qualifying for veterans aid and attendance, you would have to meet, is that right, two of them? Yeah, it's two out of the ADLs. Okay. And they're called Activities of Daily Living. And uh, you have to be able to not be able to perform toileting, dressing, bathing, transferring, cognitive impairment, that type of thing. And right. so if you if you can't do two out of those ADLs, then, then that's part of the qualification. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I always say when people ask me, when is it time for care? Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't perform, if, if your senior loved one can't perform even one of those activities – then it's time to start bringing somebody in. And as those needs increased, obviously that there would be a need for more skills, uh, skilled care. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you can't do two things, that is not necessarily um, you know, overwhelming. A lot of seniors are still independent, but maybe they have situations with incontinence. Maybe they have situations with, uh, you know, maybe needing help in um, cooking or mm-hmm. in, you know, those types of functions in mm-hmm. the home. Mm-hmm. And, of course, having that ability to get those assessments from your doctor um, is is key to be able to then qualify for the benefit. Yeah, and and that's that's uh, very true. And the other thing that I would say is is that you also want to have a specialist come in. Uh, there are circumstances where you would have somebody besides a doctor mm-hmm. come in and do, an, a, do a, uh, an assessment, health assessment, in the home because there's a lot of things in the home that will set off little tips. As In other words, uh, if there's nothing in the fridge, you know, the state of the house, uh, what, are, what are the conditions of which, what's going on in the house. Right. And so all of this all of this factors into this assessment as to what level of care they need. Right. And not to mention medications. Um, right. Medications is a complicated situation, especially for a senior that's on multiple types of medications. And if your senior loved one is maybe not necessarily uh, remembering to take their med- meds at a certain time or getting it confused. I know my mom a couple times took it twice. And one time she ended up in the hospital because she just had overdone it and she didn't realize it. So mm-hmm. we had to take her to the emergency room. Yeah. So those are the kind of things that I know are very important that we are mindful of, you know, what is needed. And, you know, it goes right back to the old philosophy. Don't, don't be penny wise and pound foolish with the care of your loved one. But there are resources out there to pay for the care. And this may be one if your loved one has served, you said, only one day in wartime. Yeah, and that, that, that wartime can be, they could be in Hawaii sipping a Mai Tai. They don't mm-hmm. have to be. My son's a veteran and he was in Korea. He was a medic. Wow. And so during the Iraq war, he lucked out and got sent to Korea. And then my dad's a veteran, too. And the same thing happened, but they're both veterans wow. because they served during this time frame. Now, the time frame, I probably should tell you folks, uh, the time frame uh, to be considered a veteran is World War II is, is 12-7 to 1941-12-31-46. to The Korean War is uh, 6-27-1950 through uh, January 31st, 1955. And the Vietnam War is a little bit different. And the Vietnam War is uh, 8-5 of 64 
through 5-7 of 1975. But they, if they were actually in land, mm-hmm. in country, then the date changes from 2-28-61 to 8-5 of 64. So it's a little bit different. Wow. Mm-hmm. So we are talking to Britt Burkhart from Safeguard Financial Assets. And Britt, again, is here talking about aid and attendance benefits. Um, and we are just thrilled that he is joining us on the radio. I'm glad he came because he did such a great job at Edmond Senior Center um, earlier this week. So, Britt, what kind of um, steps, if you believe a family is is like, thinks that they qualify, what kind of steps do they need to go through? I mean, what to qualify, what kind of documentation do they need to have, et cetera? Well, the first step is that if I get a call and somebody, you know, wants more information, I ask them a series of questions and the questions starts out with, you know, are they at home? Are they in assisted living? Are Mm -hmm. they, where are they at? That gives me ideas to the level of care. Sure. And then from there, I handle more of the, uh, of the financial side uh, of things and the, uh, on the VA, I, you know, do the VA uh, planning, of course. Mm -hmm. But if I need help in that area, then I, then like an assessment, then I get a qualified person to come in and make that, make that recommendation. So if they, if they're, uh, most of the people that call me are in a position where they have to go into an assisted living facility. They need a caregiver. Right. That's most common. And, and it's so, really common that, uh, luckily, there's a lot of assisted living communities that will ask those questions and find out. You'll, they'll find out about it as they're moving into a community. I right. know that. Yeah. Right. So I'm asking, you know, are they a veteran? When did they serve? I'm asking, you know, what kind of income they have? Mm-hmm. I'm asking, uh, what's the level of care at this point? And sometimes they don't know. And then I'm also asking assets and I'm asking, uh, do they have a home and that type of thing? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm walking through the whole, trying to build a picture. And then I can let, once I do that, uh, we do send out an intake sheet. I do. And uh, once we once we do that and we get the information, then we can come back and we can advise them as to what the best direction is. Now, I will say this. When you do this type of planning, you have to look at Medicaid. So even if you have a substantial estate, you still you never need know. you you still need to look at uh, Medicaid. Well, seniors are living longer and longer, and yes. um, and the cost of care is increasing <laughs> uh, dramatically. And yes. and frankly, we don't know where it's going to be in right. five years from now. So that's just being wise to make sure that you you know you have that fallback plan. So if right. anything happens, that that is an option that's available to you for sure. Y- yes, and I had a client whose uh, wife was in a memory care unit paying 10000 a month. Mm-hmm. So even if you have a few dollars in the bank, you can see that that's, they're going to go through that uh, you know, relatively quickly. Right. And uh, that's, that's actually what, what a lot of people that go on Medicaid had money. Right. At some point. That was my mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my mom lived in a house on the water in Anacortes, 450 front foot of waterfront property. And she ended up on Medicaid at the end yeah. of her life. So yeah. absolutely, we know this. It's it's something that, um, you know, we never anticipate, uh, you know, thinking, oh, she's going to be fine. And no, the cost of care is crazy. And, and of course, she passed away in 2011. I can only imagine the care she was getting then and how much it was costing her then, mm-hmm. um, how it could, it you know, what it would cost today. Yeah, I also want to say that there's really two different types of planning. There's pre-planning. So let's say you have somebody who was diagnosed with a health issue 
and but they're still fine in mm-hmm. say ALS Parkinson's or something like that then you can do pre-planning and then there's crisis planning and unfortunately that's what most people right. do because they wait and then I get that call and the da- the son or daughter and the wife is upset because now somebody's in a hospital and what a lot of folks don't know is that if you have a fall you go to the hospital the, if that that individual needs 24-hour care they cannot discharge them home they right. have to go into a facility, so now right. they're they're uh, in a panic, trying to get all this taken away, uh, settled, and then they're also now they're looking for money, right? The way so, to pay for it. So, Britt, how do we reach you? Uh, you can contact me two five three seven four zero one six two five, and uh, my email is bbrit seven b b r i t t number seven at comcast.net. Britt, I'm so glad you were here. Thank you again for coming and Thank you for being on the program. Well, thank you for having me. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.